You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. So the title of my message today, I'm going to get into it here, is Dad Bod. <laughs> the Dad Bod. No, I'm not going to talk about physical fitness, so all you guys can stop sucking in. Like, The message is not on physical fitness. It is on spiritual fitness, though. So first, I want to go to my first scripture, Ephesians. Where did I put that? Go ahead and go with Ephesians 4. 4, There it is. There it is. We're going to read three verses here. Then we will no longer be infants, infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth, say truth, Truth. in love, say love. love, truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Let's pray real quick. Father God, may the words of my mouth not bring information, but as I preach your word, may we get transformation. And help me, Jesus. Amen. 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 That's a great prayer, by the way. Peter nailed it. When he was walking on water and then he started to sink, just the old, help me, Jesus, save me, Jesus, I, I go to that one. <laughs> Not always. Usually I'm authoritative, but there's no shame in the game. There are times all I can say is, help me, Jesus. <laughs> and any man that's like, nah, I don't pray like that. I always pray with authority, pray with this. Just wait. Just have a three and a four-year-old at the same time. <laughs> help me, Jesus. Not say what I'm about to say. <laughs> Oh my goodness, I love, I love my boys, but they are all boy, and nothing short. <laughs> all right, so, dad bod. Look, at Awakened Church, I love that first part of the verse. Verse 14 says, we are not going to be subject, like toddlers, to every wave of teaching that comes out, right? Pop culture is trying to tell you that masculinity is... Thank you. A couple of people. Some of you guys don't watch pop culture. Good job. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. You, I like, we're feedback church, all right? So tries to tell you that masculinity is toxic, you know? And if, and if you're not rooted in the word, you, and, and, you, and you just, your, your, your prophet is CNN. There are, listen, when you read your Bible, don't get all caught up in the wardrobe and the practices. There, if Ezekiel or Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun. If you think there's not modern day false prophets, you're wrong. There are false prophets. And we think that there'd be people up there, you know, thus saith the Lord in a ro- robe. No, no, no. They're on your, heli- I mean, television, okay? It's a better medium to communicate. So don't think there's not false prophets. Toxic masculinity, we reject that. That is a lie from the pit of hell. 
You know what happens when men stop being men? Nations fall. You think we're the first nation that thinks we have this whole new revelation on, you know, sexuality and all these things. We're, we're not. The Romans. See, hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. That cycle has played out in history over and over and over. And part of a dad's job, part of the body of men in this church, and all of us work together this, is to raise up strong families because what, what holds strong men together is strong families. So I'm gonna talk about some values of families and dads today. Let me start with this though. We're all coming from a different place. If you're coming from a failed marriage or you're coming from, you know, the loss, this is a very, Father's Day is a very actually kind of tough day to preach because there's so many emotions around this day. There's people that are so happy. There's people that have lost dads. There's people, everything in between. But let me just tell you this, wherever you're at today, Jesus will meet you there and bring resurrection power from that point. And so this is not a shame message if you're coming in, you know, after a failed marriage or after, you know, or you're estranged from children or anything like that, but just take the principle. Take the principle because God, when we, like John said, when we get the principle right, God's not worried about your money, but when we get that whole like being generous and tithing thing right, when we get it right, we get that power flowing in our life, right? And so we get these principles right. And so we are called to be the body of Christ. And so back to toxic masculinity, there's no such thing. Let me tell you what is toxic. Men of authority not under submission. That is what is really toxic. See, when a man is authoritative, but he's in submission, that's when there's power and love. But when he's not in submission under a mission, it's abusive, harsh, domineering, painful. But a man that is submitted, a man that can do this can lead and not in a toxic way. So what kind of body is awake in church? Because we are the body of Christ, and especially for our men, I just got, and ladies, listen, I, I know it's Father's Day, and if you're not a father too, this is a little bit of a mess for men, but I'm gonna pepper in some stuff of, of what this looks like as a family too. And also, just ladies, take in some notes, because it's good. I try to think, what, what does my spouse need from me? right? And so for some of this, you can see like, okay, here's how I can uh, lead or, or how I can uh, encourage. Because I hate to say it and it's demeaning, I don't mean it, but men as far as how we learn are, are very similar to dogs. <laughs> if we get a treat, we repeat the behavior. I'm, it works, right? <laughs> Every guy's like, no, yeah, it's that simple, you know? He does something good. He mows along without you asking baby, nobody mows the lawn like you. He's like, I'll go mow it again. <laughs> at, a, at the core, and I know there's, there's, there's obviously every, people are different, but very much for 99% core, core issues, core needs for a man are honor and core needs for a woman are security. 
And ladies, I'll just tell you that if on your part, we all do our part in the marriage, right? So when I read the Bible and I read verses like wife submit to your husband, it said wives. That's not my verse to wield at her. Does that make sense? I got to read the verse below that to get my part. She can read that part, right? And so, uh, and I'm going to get into that for a minute just because I'm hitting all the fun topics today. But I forgot where I'm going. Let's get to the point. All right, so. Men of authority. Here in this house, in this body, we are men of authority. And what does authority mean? I go back to the scripture of the centurion who came to Jesus and said, can you heal my servant? And he said, sure, I'll come with you. And he said, no, 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 hold on. I too am a man under authority. So he didn't say, I too, you know, I, I understand because I'm under authority, I have authority. The police officer doesn't have the authority to pull you over until he comes under the badge and what the badge represents, right? He's under authority, thus he has authority. And the problem of where men get it wrong is that we, we forget the submission part to the Lord. So in this house, we are men of authority, meaning we are in submission to God. Okay, uh, I have a picture real quick, and I want to tell you a, a story from this guy. Do you have that picture of, okay, first thing, don't be distracted by my incredibly low-cut shirt. That was 2013. It was a race to the belly button back then, okay? <laughs> but that's me and my wife with Daryl Strawberry. Anyone know Daryl Strawberry, baseball player? One of the all-time greats in baseball. Um, and he's, he's a Christian, and we were talking with him, and he was sharing with us, and he said that, he, if you know his story, he, he was top of the game, and then got into drugs, and addiction, and alcohol, and all this stuff, life train wrecked, and then came back with the Lord. But when, asked, when he was asked, how did your life get there? He said, I got to the place where no one would tell me no anymore. I had no authority in my life. See, here in this house, the reason we have men's prayer, the reason we have connect group, the reason we have, you know, we serve is that it keeps us in community with people that will be willing to say, hey, bro, that's weird. Don't do that anymore. Hey, hey, man, like that, that was a little harsh. You know, you should, you should tone it down. Hey, man, let me, let me, let me come help you, help you with this thing. It's doing life in community where people have the, uh, the permission to love on you, to give you feedback. You've given others authority in your world to help you develop. See, Jesus said, it's not good for man to be alone. And that's very true, man. When I was a bachelor, it was not good. It was just everything was not good. <laughs> so we, we in this house believe in community. Now let me talk about marriage. Let me talk about husbands and wives. Because as I said earlier, that we're men of authority and we're in submission. You see, I... Look, every guy, I think, at some point has reached a point where they're guilty of this, where they snuck the Bible open to that verse and, and like, try to sneak it and hide it so their wife would see it. Okay, if, if not, oh, man, there's a judgment in the room. Brian, fine, judge me. Judge me. Can we throw up uh, my next Ephesians verse? <laughs> a lot of judgment. I'm going to look up here. 
So there's this verse in the Bible that says, wife, submit to your husband. And it gets a lot of flack because once again, pop culture is twisting and converting that, right? But it's in the Bible. But let me read the guy's part and explain how this looks because we as men sometimes read that and go, yeah, you know, you watch that video and, you know, you see the perfect wife bring the husband a beer, you know, and that, man, it's really tight in here. Okay, ladies, this is how guys think. And if, and if they, you know, they think, how fun is that? But let, bear with me, bear with me, bear with me, okay? Because guys, here's our part of that scripture. Husbands, love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. See, here's the deal. I'm talking to the, to the husbands right now or the men that want to be married. When we are under this mission, when we are in submission to laying our lives down for our spouse, for their happiness, for their provision, when we are loving them like Christ loved the church, you don't have to quote the other verse to your spouse. It just organically happens. Because she will know that your priority, yeah, that's a good point. Thank you, Rich. Thank you. She will know that your priority is her. And when these, when these times come and it's like decisions need to be made and trust is, is needed to be given, it will be so much easier when you are a man submitted to your call to love your bride as Christ loved the church. Come on, can I get an amen? That is a good... I'm just trying to help. And look, we reign together, baby. Me and my queen, we reign together. There are so many things that she is more gifted than me, and I am not like, hey, you're out of my authority. No, I'm like, babe, you got the gift? Run with it. I'm with you. I'm behind you. We reign together in this church. So we are men of authority, meaning we are under a mission. Point number two, how we create a dad bod in the house, that we are a body of Christ, is we prioritize his presence. Men in the house and women in the house, there is nothing more important than getting in the presence of God. I'm gonna bring the keys up too because I'm about to wrap this thing up. There's a story in the Bible found in Samuel 6, where the Ark of the Covenant, this is where God's presence resided. This is where God's presence lived, and it had been captured by the enemy. Now, the pres- <laughs> what was happening to the enemy is that everyone was breaking out in boils and getting really sick because you don't mess with God. So they were, uh, but King David said, we're going to get the presence of God back. And so he fights and gets it and, and they're marching it back. But in their, in their haste, in their aggression, in their desire, they hadn't been meditating on God's word, just kind of, you know, ready, shoot, aim kind of a thing, right? Ready, fire, aim. And so they were carrying the presence of God by wagon with oxen. God's presence was only meant to be carried by man, not animals. And so this dude named Uzzah, the, the wagon tips and the oxen, you know, are, and, and he reaches out 
and with zero reverence for the presence, just grabs the ark and boom, drops dead. I know it's a heavy story, but it's what happened, okay? Thank goodness for new covenant under Jesus' blood. <laughs> Woo! Okay? Got real. You didn't mess with the presence back then. Anyway, so David goes, oh, freak, what are we going to do? So there's this guy named Obed-Edom. Now, just side note, this thing just killed someone. And if your friends go to you after something just killed someone and they're like, hey, would you keep this for now? You need to reevaluate your friendships. <laughs> I'm sure Obed was like, David, I thought we were tighter than this, my man. <laughs> but anyways, they bring it to Obed-Edom's house and they put it there while David goes and tries to figure out how to get it back to Jerusalem where, where, it, where it belongs. And the Bible says, and, and I'm not gonna read it for time, but it's in 1 Samuel 6. It says that over the three months it was there, that everything in his house began to be blessed. Everything in his house began to be blessed. And after those blessings, so one, why we desire the presence of God? Because in his presence is fullness of joy, is blessing, is breakthrough, is restoration power. That's why as a church, we, we show up for the first song, not, you know, the, the end of the second song, because we want to get in his presence. Because in his presence, all that stuff, all that junk that I had in me last during the week just melts off. So everything's blessed. I mean, he's going and he's checking the chickens and he's like, a whole dozen there, a whole dozen here, two dozen here, you know? Pulls them out and he goes back and he looks again. What? It's not even the next day. He's just, everything is prospering in his life. But there's another part to this story because it's a very short little blurb. And if you don't pay attention, you won't catch it. But in in First Chronicles 26... They're naming off lists of people. Now the temple has been, is being built and the presence of God is back in Jerusalem and, and in the tent. And it lists off the men who guarded the gate. And you find that Obed-Edom had moved his whole family, moved his whole family to watch and the presence of God. Because one three-month encounter, one season in the presence of God had rattled him so much that when it left, he said, I would rather live at a gate next to that presence than on my farm away from it. We value the presence of God. Here's the crazy thing, though. So I was thinking about this driving home from Montana and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, but you're missing something. I didn't, he didn't just leave to be with me. He said, look at what tribe Obed-Edom was from. See, Obed-Edom was a Levite. Levites calling were to be priests, but the presence had been out of Israel for so long that, they, that he had lost sight of what he was originally designed to do. 
And you have to understand that, there, as John said, there's this circle where God brings something to us. And if we bring back to him, he begins to bring more to us. You see, in the presence of God, we actually discover our true calling, what God made us to do, because he's the creator. And so his creation in his light begins to reflect exactly what it was made to do. I promise you, for the next 90 years, Obed-Edom said, oh my gosh, I thought I was moving here to honor God, but I'm doing what I was made to do. I'm doing what God designed me to do. I'm in my calling. And that that's what happens in the presence of God. So what does this look like? You guys can sit down. What does this look like practically in this house? For those of you who are new, when we say an emerge men, that's the name of our men's ministry. And so we raise up mighty men, but what does that look like? In this house, we have men that prioritize church. That say, yeah, we're gonna do a family camping trip. But you know what? We're gonna make that drive back on Saturday night. Because I want my kids to have a priority for the presence of God. I need to model that. They won't just wake up with that. Dad needs to show them that. You know, we're men that our wives don't have to bribe us to go to church. We're men that go, let's go. It's church time. Get your butts in the car, little ones. Okay? We're men that prioritize our time in the Word. It says that the Word... Hearing creates faith. Reading the word of God builds faith in us. We prioritize our own time. We're not just that, you know, that person who comes in dilapidated and starving to death on Sunday. I haven't fed on any bit of the word. You know, no, we, we come in we're like, I'm already full, but I'm always down for seconds, you know? Get that dad bod spiritually. I've been eating all week, but bring it on. Bring it on. Church shouldn't be the main course. It should just be the extra course should be dessert we prioritize prayer that's why every week rain or shine or here snow or shine <laughs> we're in here Tuesdays at 5.30 the men and women 6.30 on Thursdays we prioritize prayer and that's not the only prayers we pray. We just learn how to pray here. We get it on in the morning. We get it on at night. We are praying over our house. We prioritize experiences with God. You know, conference coming up and, and, and cherish and, and emerge men's conference and all these things just to get exposure in the, in the power of God. Because just like Oban Edom, when we get in his presence, everything begins to line up. Everything begins to look like God intended it. Now listen, I'm not saying that it's like if you go to men's prayer one time, you'll never have an issue come up. The Bible says that, uh, that the blessings of God come with persecution. Look, we're, not, we're, 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 we're here to fight. Sometimes I just wake up and I just feel like picking a fight with the devil. I'll just be honest. There are days I'm like, uh, you know what? Preemptively, I just kind of want to pick a fight. I don't because that's not wisdom. But, you know, like I'm ready. I'm always ready. I'm always ready. Like bring it on. Because every time you lose, but, okay? Prioritizing the presence. Let's all stand to our feet. I 
I want to give an opportunity here. If you know that you are not, and this is for not just the dads, but if, if you know that your life is not in submission to Jesus, meaning what does submission mean? It means sub, under, the mission. I mean, that you haven't like given your life to Jesus and said, I'm going to let him have the steering wheel. I wanna give you that opportunity today on this Father's Day. like uh, God would say that to some people in the room you're the father thing earthly father didn't didn't give you some tools that you wish you had been given and God would say that as your heavenly father my grace will fill those gaps my grace will fill those gaps if you'll just abide in me my grace will fill those gaps and so first altar call here is just if you need to get your right give your life to Jesus or get your life right with Jesus because you have stepped out of that and need to get in submission I just want to include you in a prayer so would you do me a favor if I'm praying for you everybody's head bowed eyes closed but I want to know who I'm praying for would you lift your hand in the air so I know who I'm praying for is there anyone thank you I'm so proud of you thank you anyone else awesome 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 thank you thank you Okay, church, repeat after me. And this is for all of us who are going to pray this, but for those of you who raise your hand, God sees you. And this is, this is just your public restoration. So dear Jesus, I ask you to be Lord of my life. Today, I surrender to you. Thank you for forgiving me, for taking away my sin. Today, I recommit you, Lord, as my life, and I choose to follow you in your name. Amen. Awesome, awesome. Come on, give him a hand. Now, as we close up today, we've got a photo booth in the back and all this, but I'm gonna have our ministry team up here. I just wanna encourage, I feel like the Holy Spirit just said, that today my grace is there to fill the gaps where earthly fathers didn't fill. And that can be anywhere from you never met your dad all the way to, you know what, I had a great dad, but he didn't show me this. And the Holy Spirit will show you where that gap is. And, and our ministry will be up here to pray with you, okay? And that's husband's wife, boy, girl, whoever. And God, dad's in the house. I just one more time want to honor you. You see, us being healthy in the presence of God and being authoritative under submission means that less, less stuff has to get fixed on the altar for our kids. And so you being healthy is okay to prioritize because your health becomes their strength. And so if you need to deal today, come deal. 
come deal. And if your kids are in here and they see you come deal, great. Model for them what it looks like, right? And then, of course, anybody here. But God's grace is sufficient. So God, bless the people in your church. Bless us this Father's Day, Lord, as we go home and have barbecues and spend time together and celebrate your goodness, God. I pray that their special blessing would be on every dad in this house, Lord, that they would feel your peace today, that they would be reminded, Lord, that there is so much joy in your mission and that you do have a yoke and, and, and a burden, but it is light and it feels right as a father, Lord, as we carry that, Lord, because Jesus said that my burden is light. It feels right when you're doing it with God. Fatherhood isn't a challenge, it's a blessing. Sure, you might be a little sore at the end of the day, but you go to sleep so peacefully because you are in the flow that God intends you to be. So bless the dads in this house. Bless the families in this house. In your name we pray and all the church said, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.